Hello and welcome to this new episode of the Sports Unite podcast. We are back after a little bit of a hiatus because, uh, well, stuff happened and you're going to hear about it on this podcast. Uh, let's just jump right into it. And we have our esteemed panel of co-hosts here. Uh, we have coming back from Southern Ontario, we have Sean. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me again. From less southern Ontario, getting up to the Great Lakes in Peterborough, we have Cole. Wow, I'm not last. It's a first. <laughs> I had a whole speech ready, you know, but uh, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Coming to you from our nation's capital, we have Charles. What is up, boys and girls? And our dear friend, way up in the land of colds, uh, who is currently not at the computer at this moment because he's still doing his job. Uh, Kenzie will be uh, in and out as he uh, molds the minds of our next generations and coaches them. And we're going to be having a special report from him a little bit later. But we're going to jump right into it. It is Super Bowl week. Uh, we went through that horrendous week where no one really knows what to do. They put the Pro Bowl slightly better, uh, but everyone in the football world tends to it uh, as the week that they want to forget because they want to get into the Super Bowl. We have a lot of uh, heartbroken fans here. Uh, none of our teams made it, uh, which is okay, at least in my instance, because, you know, it can't really do can't really prevent what happened. Sean, a little bit more heartbreak. Uh, Cole, your team didn't even make it, so just <laughs> hey, whatever. Mind. Charles, you know, rebuild the year for Charles. It's okay. Not as heartbreaking. Uh, and then, well, you know, Kenzie's team. You know, the last week we could have made the playoffs. That is true. That Very is true. true. Uh, and Kenzie's team... Kind of perennial oh. one and done in the playoffs, but that's okay. <laughs> so, what have we thought about the 2022 season playoffs? Of course, because they always take place in the next year, but uh, obviously hard to live up to the year previous. Uh, but I think they did a pretty good job. Um, and, um, uh, you know, the two teams in the Super Bowl are teams that we kind of expected could be there. Well, did any of us call deal. either one of them though? I don't think we did. No. no. <laughs> uh, but I think Justin hit it right off the right, hit the nail right on the head right off the bat there. Really hard to live up to what happened last year with the high drama every game. There wasn't really that much high drama with the exception of KC Cincinnati. I mean, there was nothing really that's, you know, there was like momentary drama for the Niners in their first game, but they pulled away in the third quarter. Uh, you know, Bill's Dolphins had some drama, but by the end of the game, it, was, it, it wasn't really in, in, in doubt. Like by, by, by the last few minutes. So, really hard to live up to the back and forth, back and forth of what uh, happened a year ago. Overall, you know what? And I might be the only one who says this, and I'm fine. A little disappointing 
but that it, not just that it didn't come that they didn't do a, a last year's it didn't replicate last year's magic because that wasn't really a realistic expectation but it didn't even come close it didn't provide anything with the exception of the jaguars epic comeback it didn't provide anything really we were we were all hoping i mean all of us i mean sean and the bill sean and his bills were hoping to for a much deeper run than what they had. I was hoping for a little bit of a renaissance of the 90s with, with the Giants and the Bills going head-to-head in the Super Bowl. Um, I know, Justin, you and your Niners, you guys look good, but it's really freaking hard to do anything with a fourth-string quarterback <laughs> under any circumstance. Like, Jesus, I don't know. You couldn't have scripted any, any worse luck for you guys. You, you couldn't have written that any better in terms of how bad it got. So, like, I, I got to give the playoffs a bit of a thumbs down in terms of entertainment value. I will second that, Charles. Now, that did also help <laughs> the Bills did lose uh, early. And also, like, I went on my honeymoon during the middle of the playoffs, too, right? So I did miss basically two rounds of it for being on my honeymoon. Yeah, Sean had but a sabbatical. The... One of yes. the reasons why we, yes. uh, we took a break, but uh... – but yeah, like even like the wild card games, like you said, like they weren't really anything special. There was a couple that had a few moments here and there. Nothing really special though. Um, championship games. I mean, there was the whole incident in Kansas City with the Bengals. Um, you know, and then Philly and the Niners, like you said, fourth string quarterback. Purdy's coming in the second half, but doesn't have an arm, so literally can't do anything. Um. Yeah, hopefully the Super Bowl itself though makes up for the lackluster game so far. So, yeah, it's hard. Like the <clears throat> NFC was kind of like blown right through most of the games. Like no game was close in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see what what transpired. Like I'd say the only closer game was. Kansas City and like Jacksonville almost catching back up to them. But aside from that, there wasn't really anything kind of special that stood out. Definitely the controversy, of course, but there's always controversy in that playoff scenarios. Yep. I'm just happy we got to celebrate the annual Cowboys getting eliminated day. Uh, you know, it's uh, everyone looks forward to it every year. Um, but yeah, as Kenzie's not here, he can't defend San Diego. But uh, we, LA. a lot of us, Let's... a lot of us uh, picked <laughs> almost a perfect first round. Uh, so I was pretty proud of that. We were pretty spot on. Um, the Buffalo, uh, you know, the AFC is going to be a gauntlet if mm-hmm. Cincinnati, Buffalo, and KC who are all in different divisions. So it's not like one can knock out the other for a playoff spot. I mean, potentially, but based on divisional aspects, they can all keep qualifying year after year after year. And two of those teams are going to meet before the AFC championship. And so it's, it's going to be a slug fest in the AFC. If those three teams just continue on the trajectory. And I, I think, Maybe until 2030, we could see uh, either Casey, Cincinnati, or Buffalo make it to the Super Bowl as long as they keep up with the pace. 
and keep their core because I mean they're going to attract players because they have the right stuff and it could just be this year it's so-and-so representing the AFC because it's a coin flip Um, Buffalo ran out of steam uh, and kind of they just the defense just didn't I, I don't know it was like something was happening that it was almost like they expected just yeah, something they else like to happen. And did they, uh, Cincinnati just had them from the start. Did Buffalo game. get the wrong script, I think? Cause, uh, I, I think so. <laughs> for those of you that don't know, there's a conspiracy theory going out now that the NFL is scripted. Um, having played football myself, that is damn difficult to do. Um, and the amount of people that would have to be in, uh, just uh, it's but, um, because yes, there's the script for the uh, Super Bowl apparently that came out, and now that score is the third highest score to bet on, uh, or popular bet and the correct score. Um, so of course, now the if it doesn't hit, well, the NFL has changed the script, so clearly it's uh, just. One of the stupidest things I ever heard to come out of those playoffs. You can't really stop any conspiracy theorists. They're, they're, they'll, they'll find a way. I mean, granted, you know, we, we can't really shit on people too much. A lot, a lot of us, especially in Canada, think that Gary Batman scripts it so that makes sure that the teams won't relocate north and not give Canada an eighth or ninth franchise because how much he hates this country. So, no, we, 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 we can we, we can't really dump on conspiracy theorists too much in the world of sports. Um, but uh, Justin, I think obviously, and I'm pretty sure Sean will look at me and be like, hell yeah. As long as Buffalo does a good job of finding bargains because Josh Allen is going to get paid big time. Well, his contract kicks in next year. He's already been paid. There you he's go. One of the, he's the fifth highest paid quarterback now. So that that is going to severely limit the ability of spending on some other positions that'll be important. So they're going to need to really hit home runs in the draft. They're going to need to find the bargains in like the reclamation projects and free agency that, you know, Joe Hayden, as an example, he was almost a, wasn't really a reclamation project, but he was starting as a bit of a downward spiral uh, before Pittsburgh picked him up and suddenly he was top of the game again. Mm-hmm. He just needed a little bit of a confidence boost one more time. So they're going to, Buffalo will need to find a lot of that because Philadelphia right now is fucking loving life with Jalen Hurts on a rookie contract making like about a million bucks, million and a half bucks. They can dump a shitload of money in other positions and have star after star after star. I mean, uh, 10 of their 11 offensive starters are all drafted by the by the franchise, so good on them, by the way. So if Buffalo's going to keep up with the speed, they're going to have to really pour a lot of attention into their scouting and then developmental analysis. Uh, other than that, I think I think it's going to be pretty hard to argue that since he – KC and Buffalo will be the class of the AFC for the next decade. And I'd that... also throw Jacksonville in there as well, simply because the South is very <laughs> it's hot garbage. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. uh, Trevor Lawrence does have a lot of potential still, and they got yeah. some few weapons down there. So I, I would like to throw Jacksonville in there as well. And it's He's hard impressed me big time. I, I, think, I think this year's, if we were to give awards that. Uh, we can I can make a certificate and email it to the teams. Uh, I'm sure they'll look at this and it'll end up in their uh, junk folder. But 
Uh, I think it's safe to say that uh, the Sports Night podcast, uh, we elect the most improved uh, teams for the AFC and NFC. The AFC obviously will go to Jacksonville. Yeah, uh, the turnaround was just phenomenal, yeah. uh, and I think the NFC uh, most improved team I think has to go to Detroit Giants. I was gonna say I think the Giants just because they made the playoffs, but but like I I with Detroit though like it, it's just had Detroit I'm made like the playoffs I would have given that to Detroit. Uh, they almost did, yeah. I th- I think the Giants uh, are going to be back down next year, but. Uh... Well, it all depends on what they do with Danny Dimes. Yeah. So that'll be the decision-making, I think. I think he gets traded for a more proven quarterback that can throw. So Aaron Rodgers to the New York, is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, not Rodgers. He's going to the the Raiders or the Jets. Jets, I don't know why. Actually, uh, there was a good piece, actually, of why Miami makes sense for him. Because two, I can't play again because there's too many concussions. He's gonna well, play again. <laughs> They're not gonna get rid of two after how well he performed. Sorry, Cole, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just saying, like, people keep throwing the Miami thing, and I get two in the concussion concern, but at the same time, like, they finally stuck with two after all the rumors and the back and forths, and he balled out. And, I don't know why they keep saying they're going to replace him with a more veteran quarterback. And well, it, it, it actually makes sense to replace him just from on paper. I'm not saying they actually are going to, but just on paper, it would actually make sense simply because that lineup is almost in a win now mode. They're close to actually being a threat to uh, Buffalo top of the AFC East standings. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got an elite wide receiver in Tyree Kill. He can light up the field. Faster than most people, they've got a they've got a pretty good protection system for the quarterback. Rodgers won't get hit that much down there, and it would be probably nice for him to escape the NFC where he's just getting murdered year after year. Wait, did you just say Rodgers won't get hit? Well, not look who much. they have to face though. You got but he, Patriots he defense, have, Buffalo defense. He doesn't have to face the Niners. He doesn't have to face the Seahawks. He doesn't have to face. I can go on and on. He doesn't have to face the Vikings. He doesn't have to face the Lions. Or even when he beats the Lions, he still gets pummeled. Green Bay has no fucking protection for him anymore. True. Miami has a better line. So I'm saying he won't he won't see the same kind of pressure from uh, from defensive lines. He'll he still has to face Patty Mahomes. He still has to face Josh Allen. He's gonna have to face top notch quarterbacks. So, but I, I, he will he'll welcome that challenge over not and not getting sacked six times a game. I mean, name it, any one of us here who's ever stepped foot on a football field or any sport, would you rather face elite challenges or get pummeled day after day? Not not, all, not, not a hard choice there. But right now, there's about nine quarterbacks who are going to be finding new homes this offseason. Uh, the, the Dominoes will start with Aaron Rodgers, but Jimmy G is also going to be looking for a new home. They're, they, they, ain't, they ain't sticking with him in, in San Fran. Sorry, Justin. Oh, I, that's fine with me. <laughs> he can he can get us some draft picks, or he can get us someone in return until poor uh, big uh, big cock Brock is uh, ready to rock and roll again. Are you saying Brock's the future instead of Lance? Yep, hundred wow. percent. 
Okay, there are, San Fran fan there are reports. There are that. reports that people, the locker room will be quite upset if he is not the starter next year, barring when he can come back. I was gonna say that's what I heard. They're just gonna let Lance like get a few warm up games in while Purdy's still ready to go, and then that would be the smart thing, in my opinion. Look at how much the team came around the kid. Yeah, he's rookie start out, but. You only have so much luck in that. Like, it comes down to skill and precision. Well, it's also coaching, too. That, too. Yeah, but... a lot of it goes into coaching in his case. Which is fine. I, if he if he fits the piece and look, you know, he could have gone to the Super Bowl barring, uh, you know, an injury that is not very common in football. Um, you know, I Baseball as a Niners injury. fan, I, I – as sad as it was that we lost, you can't get upset because we didn't have a quarterback. Christian McCaffrey was the one on the roster who could throw the farthest at a point at <laughs> halftime. So, you know, and it was close. It was close until close to like three, four minutes before halftime. Like that's very impressive for a team that didn't have a quarterback. I, I'm a little surprised at how fast you turned on Trey Lance, considering when we did the the live episode, the live recording of the NFL draft, and they drafted Lance, you were you were hyping saying quarterback of the future franchise player right there. Well, that's because I one we didn't know what we had. Uh, well, we didn't know we thought Jimmy was gone, and two, uh, I didn't want I wanted Trey over. Uh, Mac Jones, so yeah, uh, but apparently Mac Jones was who Kyle Shanahan wanted, but the brass wanted Trey Lance. Uh, now, yes, that being said, Trey has played a game and a half, not really a game because the Chicago game was Mud Bowl 3.0, so his potential, no idea, but. You know, sometimes football is a game of opportunities, and Brock took that opportunity and showed that he could play in a system under a well-groomed coach. The player, he's a great locker room person. They have the defense. They have the offense. Shore up, uh, you know, an offense alignment in the draft or trade. Um, You know, sign players and do it all again. Sometimes it's the luck of a draw. Uh, when it comes to injuries um, and you just, you can't do anything about it. That's part of the game. Besides that, it was a hell of a year and it's uh, kind of hope for the same magic next year. But now the teams will have a book on Brock Purdy. He ain't going to catch people by surprise. Ah, they had a, for a, Mr. Irrelevant, by the fourth game, they should have known all about him. Once you have four to five games, he's he's not a runner. He's He wasn't like Colin Kaepernick where he could surprise you. I, I don't know. I, I don't think they need a – they're only going to have seven games. So – Dissecting it over the summer, I don't know what that gives you more than dissecting 
four games in a week. Well, I, I like to say that seven games, that's, you know, it's almost a full half season pretty much. It, it, it's a little, I, I think it's a bigger sample size and a little bit better to work with when you're going to consistently draw up a game plan to go against him. That's four true, games, but... Four games just doesn't seem like enough. There's still some surprises there. By about game seven, game eight, consistent work habits have now cemented themselves in and then you can see what they're going to do. Yeah, but if you're playing if you're playing them like week eleven, you're not preparing for them right away. Like they're down the road too. So I, yeah. I think teams like Seattle, like the ones in their division that'll play them twice, will probably plan more than you know Washington or whoever we have to play like once every four years or so. I can't wait till the next Niners Steelers game, Justin. That's gonna be fucking awesome. It's been it's been a while. Well, it's been a I, long while. The last time we weren't very relevant, either of us. Oh, I think we were. I think we were coming off a Super Bowl loss to Green Bay, and that's when we. And that was the last time we faced you. Has it been that long? No, it couldn't have been that long. They play like once every. They're su- well, so they're supposed years. to play so, once every four years. Yeah. A little bit. I'm going to look this up. Please do. It's, well, been, it's been forever and a day since we played the Niners. Be, I think eight years, maybe eight years ago. But I think it's been longer. I feel like 2016? Oh, I thought it was further back than that. September twenty second, twenty nineteen, San Francisco won twenty four to twenty. Oh, I don't remember that game. <laughs> it was in San Francisco. I still don't remember that game at all. <laughs> <laughs> I do not remember that game. It was before COVID. That's fine. Yeah, so that's all our heads. True. Fair enough. Well, look at that. In twenty twenty three, they play each other in Pittsburgh. I was going to say, that would be four years later that, that would, be, would yeah. equate it, yeah. Well, and I think that, too, that it, there's a little bit of a wrench now that there's an extra game because you just get a random opponent. It doesn't yeah. go by, you play this conference this year. and I don't think it's random. I'm pretty sure it's drawn out a certain way. So, like, well, this It, it year, might be drawn out a certain way. I have not seen the math or the explanation. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, this year for San Francisco, for example – they're playing the, um, let's just say the AFC North. Let's just say they play all four of those teams. Last year, they played another division in the AFC. So then next year, it wouldn't be the North. It's just, it's basically the one you haven't played in the two years. No, but but that extra seven, that extra, that the ninth road game or ninth home game, whoever it is, <clears throat> it, it, it's, I'll call it a quote unquote random. It is weighted a little bit against certain teams, certain divisions. But also, uh, the, te- the team in that division is very randomized. They do use a generator just to see who, like, who's who got what. It is semi-random as to who you'll see on that extra game. Yeah, our our random team is Jacksonville. Because we don't play the, the AFC South. Yeah, and Jacksonville won their division last year. So it's the same wherever you finished in your division. You play... You play- that same position if it's it 
looking at it, it's easy to to see. I can't explain it very well. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, that's in the last couple of years, and it's just that top. That that's number. that's more of an explanation than I've been given before. <laughs> so that, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a better explanation than any, anything I've ever heard. Right, <laughs> like I remember when it was sprung on, like it was like three weeks before they released the schedule is when the owners like decided, and I know that year they just kind of went, they did the the math because they had it almost. If you ever want to see math nerds like talk about how much they love number crunching and making stuff. There's an excellent uh, kind of documentary on the people who make the schedule and like just the grids and the charts and the math that goes into it and how it changed. Like they, they spend months doing the schedule. And when you think, Oh, it should, you just draw a line, you have a yarn and there you go. So if you're very interested in that, I, uh, it's on YouTube, you can watch it, but uh, you get very complicated when uh, to normal folk it seems like it shouldn't be very complicated well you also have to have work it through in my head to make it more <laughs> sense <laughs> all right so let's get into it the pièce de résistance of the year super bowl Wow, already Super Bowl, man. Feels like it was just yesterday. We're talking. We were talking training camp. So, I know the the line keeps moving, which is so weird to me. The the line, but uh, now the Eagles are still favored. I know it keeps flip flopping back and forth. The line is at one and a half now. It was as high as three. So one and a half to, the championships. Yeah, it's getting to as close as uh, a coin toss or a, a wash, if you will, as possible. Uh, right now, money line, Casey is up. So if you bet five bucks, you win ten dollars and a quarter, which apparently I just did by accident. But there you go. Um, <laughs> I don't even mean to. I was just checking the odds, and here we go. Um, there are all the fun bets. Um, I'll give it over to you guys. What are some of your favorite bets uh, for the Super Bowl? Is it like Anthem? Is it Gatorade Color? Uh, the least favorite of mine is Coin Toss because it's heads or tails, and it's always this the same odds. That I, unless you're at a Super Bowl party where you have to, that's a bet you have to pick. I I don't care. Um, what are what are some of your favorite? Uh, bets to to see anthem 100 my favorite oh, the, the timing on the anthem yeah yeah I, I like the gatorade color the gatorade color is a little challenging sometimes but i like it i can't believe like the coin toss like you were saying justin like how much people drop so much money on one or the other it's it's always the same odds it's always minus 110 and it's yeah. it never changes maybe minus like it it's heads or it's literally heads or tails. It makes yeah. no sense. And people are like, well, it's landed tails this many times, so it must be heads this time. All right, one let's see. Heads, one thing with what heads or tails, you could go for eternity 
eventually it, it evens out. They'll have you know, the exact same number of times tails, the exact same number of times heads. Or whoever's flipping it does like a crappy flip and then everybody freaks out. What about you, Sean? I don't really pay attention to much of the betting, I'll be honest. A lot of it just... I don't fully understand how betting works 100%, so I just try to ignore it all. I'll I'll play friendly bets with my friends who will gather for the Super Bowl. Uh, We did it one year. It was was the the Epic Patriots comeback year. Um, We actually uh, placed a $5 bet with a buddy at the house. As I said, the American anthem will go more than two minutes and ten seconds, and at that two thirteen, I was right. <laughs> it's it. There's so much of it's almost like a science now that goes into it. Like as soon as, well, again, that empty week where there's nothing, people got to report on something. So of course, they goes to oh, who's singing the anthem? Okay, there it's a country artist this year. You know, the past three country artists have. You know, yeah. very long-winded. So it, you know, uh, oh yeah, Gatorade color. It's been all oh, this and this and this. So obviously, it depend. It used to depend on what team won the Super Bowl because they would only have their colored Gatorade. Now it's a free for all. So you have no, you can't even uh, go based on who you think's going to win. Um, Super Bowl MVP. Who do we think is going to walk away Super Bowl MVP? going to be the Kansas City Chiefs and it will be Travis Kelsey as the MVP, not Patty Mahomes. Patty I like Mahomes what you're thinking there, cliche. Charles. Too cliche. I like what you're thinking there because I was thinking uh, if Kansas City wins, it's going to be Travis Kelsey. If Philly wins, it's going to be A.J. Brown. I'm thinking okay. a receiver, not a quarterback, a receiver. I was going Hurts. Because he's he's not afraid to take the ball too and run it in if Eagles win. But I do like the Kelsey one if KC wins. <laughs> for me, with the MVP Super Bowl wise, if the Chiefs win, it is Mahomes for me, just because he's going to use that arm and maybe run and extend plays. Can he run though? Is he able to run yet? If he's yeah. able to run, that's the key. Um, forgot about that actually. Nobody um, knows. He can move, <laughs> and he will be the one that wins in that game. If it's the Eagles, uh, don't know if anybody else said it. Miles Sanders. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Good one, Kenzie. I, I like was uh, just looking up for fun because uh, one of our uh, fantasy football. It's uh, named after Boston Scott, one of the best names in football. And uh, he has some flourishes. So I was seeing Boston Scott is uh, plus 20,000. So if you bet a $5 bet on Boston Scott winning the MVP, you win a cool uh, $1,000. But uh, Travis Kelsey is third highest. At plus twelve hundred, Patrick Mahomes leads the way at plus one twenty five, and Hertz is right behind him. Uh, and then AJ Brown is right behind Kelsey. Uh, Miles Sanders is fifth. So if you were to put five dollars on Miles, you'd win uh, almost one hundred and fifty bucks. 
to just briefly answer the question about Cam Mahomes' move, uh, he apparently walked into media day with only the mildest of whims. So he's damn near full ready to go. He's ready to go. He's, yeah. So I, I would expect him to have only the most barest of limps because, yes, the high ankle sprain does take three to six weeks to recover from. But the training staff for the Kansas City is, I think, top notch across all the NFL, not just the AC, but the whole fucking league. Uh, they have some of the best minds there. Uh, and they, they had Patty Mahomes in good enough condition to, one week after he's getting hurt. For the AFC, they gave him two weeks. It's like giving Batman 24 hours. You're not going to win. He's going to be ready to go. And I think the other thing we're not talking about with the Mahomes injury, I know there's been a big kind of revelation with painkillers and all this stuff in sport. They're still using it. Hmm. They're going to inject him 14 different ways that he's not going to even know that he has an ankle injury. He'll be fine. They're uh, they're because they're currently with Aaron Rodgers in his uh, dark meditation, searching for that ayahuasca. <laughs> well, he's just well, something else, though. That Aaron Rodgers is something <laughs> else, man. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's this word called anesthetic, and they're going to use it on Mahomes if they have to. He's not going to feel a damn thing. Come no. Super Bowl, come kickoff. Let me tell you, uh, in high school, we had a playoff game. That was pushed because of a snow day, if you will. That's the easiest way to explain it for those uh, listening in countries that don't get snow or days off school, you know. Uh, and so we had a, a game and I stepped on, I was running, looking straight, and I stepped on an opponent's foot and turns out I broke my ankle, disintegrated my growth plate. Um, you know, as soon as I took my shoe off at the end of the game, ballooned up, uh, and our next playoff game was the next day. So get told if I can't walk on it, I'm not playing. So I go to school with crutches. Magically, come uh, game time, I'm walking on it. Used a whole roll of medical tape. Uh, I don't don't think I felt anything, but I played. We lost, unfortunately, to the eventual, uh, I think, provincial champions. Uh, cut the tape off, ballooned back up. And my dad went, okay, we're going to the hospital. And, uh, yeah, was on crutches for the next uh, eight weeks. So, uh, but medical medical advancements can take you a long way, folks. And I highly <laughs> do not recommend that, but I understand why even teenagers do it. Well, Listen to the medical professionals, kids. <laughs> I mean, we can talk sports all we want, but just for a brief moment there, I mean, we also, especially as young boys and men, we are conditioned by seeing our heroes in sports. I mean, how many times we've seen in, in the after the Stanley Cup playoffs the long list of severe injuries that players played through. Uh, I, I always draw example and attention to Patrice Bergeron in 2013, playing with a separated shoulder, been a cracked rib, and a nearly punctured lung. And two or three other things, right? Uh, at the very least, but those were the major ones. Like I think he had six he things wrong with him. How he, how, how he was able to breathe and take face-offs is still beyond me. Like That is just superhuman self-control there. But we, like, we're, we're, we're conditioned to think like this, that if you can stand and play, you dress and go play. Well, I so, mean, a prime example, Paul Correa. Yeah. 
the famous call from the floor to the board, like just (laughs) yeah, off the floor, on the board. What a call! See, the memorable now might not, uh, well, you can't remember it, but uh, yeah. Did you see that interview here that he gave about that? I, I did. That's yeah. yeah. That's yeah. 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 So, he has uh, no memory of that like month. It's uh pretty dangerous, kids. But uh, that's why we're not professional athletes. So we never got there. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're, we're I think we're all unanimous. Game back to the Super Bowl. We are unanimous. Uh, at least in terms of who we're picking to win the game is Kansas City. I'm going Eagles. Fly Eagles, fly. Hate, to, hate fly. to be that person. I'm going Eagles. You just, I you can't. just like a city to burn, don't you? You just. <laughs> what did Philadelphia say, do to you? They beat us with a damn trick play. <laughs> and I want them to burn for it. <laughs> just kidding, <laughs> Philly. Don't hate me, please. <laughs> uh, see, I'm uh, kind of with Cole on this one. Like, I feel like the Chiefs, like, I don't want to bet against Mahomes. If I was a betting man, I'm not betting against Mahomes. But the Eagles, like, they've just been something this year. Like, I don't know. Like, I I just, the defense, too, could be the difference, as most defenses are in championship games. Um, I, yeah, I think I'm leading Eagles. I'm, I'm taking Kansas City and for one reason, and it's not Mahomes, even though I think he will, he'll make the difference on the field ultimately. Um, Andy Reid. Andy Reid on the sideline is one of the smartest football coaches of our generation. The guy has two weeks to prepare for a team that looked unstoppable, but so did Cincinnati. You give him some time, you give him some tape, he's going to come up with some way to beat you. With having Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, that gives him probably, I don't know, two of the top 50 players in the NFL. Let them go. I don't know if you can stop that. Like, I, I understand the Eagles have a good defense and everything, but I just don't know if you can stop that mind. Kansas City beat Cincinnati without their top three receivers. Andy Reid wants to prove that his new bay is better than his old bay. Uh, One Kelsey brother can score. The other one doesn't. Uh, And in a year where my team is not there and we lost to the Eagles, obviously I can't support a team that we lost to no matter the circumstances. Um, But the amount of pressure that Kansas City has on this is their third trip to the Super Bowl, fifth straight year in the AFC Championship. They only have one ring to prove it. I know that weighs heavily on teams. I don't think so much like Andy Reid because he doesn't care. But players like Kelsey and Mahomes, they get the, well, why aren't you a dynasty yet? kind of question all the time. So a second ring will go a long way. 
um, you know, dynasties are good in creating kind of a good versus evil, if you will, a la Patriots. Um, but it's a good narrative for the league. Um, and, you know, a lot of people still like Patrick Mahomes. He hasn't won too much yet. So uh, other than his brother, you know, no one really hates the guy. So uh, just, I think for the sake of the mental health of Patrick Mahomes uh, and that big contract, I think getting another ring will go a long way in helping that. So Kansas city uh, for the win, Andy Reed will get all the cheeseburgers except in Philadelphia. Cause they won't serve them, but that's okay. I will also be taking the Kansas city chiefs. Although, Justin, I'll disagree with you on one thing. This matters as much to Andy Reid as it does to Patrick Mahomes. Oh, no it, no, it matters. I meant the dynasty, like, okay, no, lab- the dynasty label. Part, Sorry. He doesn't care about that. Exactly, yeah. No, that. he doesn't care about the dynasty. That's what I meant. Like, it, the okay. the label, like, they don't ask him about that, but they, they harp the players about it, so. 100%, they, 100% they harp Mahomes and Kelsey, and if anything, um, I think more so for Travis, it doesn't matter about beating his brother, but it matters to him about cementing the legacy of the, the Kansas City Chiefs of this era. Uh, he and Mahomes are pretty much – you say the name Kansas City Chiefs, you think Patty Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, those are the first two names players-wise that come up there. So uh, 100% agree that the dynasty fa- the dynasty part matters to them. Um don't forget now. Yes, they won. They beat Cincinnati with their top three wide receivers. Don't forget who one of their wide receivers is. He's not quite as good as he was. We played for my boys, but it's Juju Smith-Schuster. He is an underrated wide receiver in my mind. He's not the greatest. He's not top ten in the league, but he has game-breaking ability. He showed that when he played for us because he made a couple of big catches in, in, in his first couple of years. During, showed he has some game-breaking abilities. He's got speed. If he's if he's healthy, I think he becomes the underrated weapon that makes Travis Kelsey wide open and Kelsey goes on to win the MVP. You know, in the room, they might give it to – maybe they, they talk to Juju or to Patty Mahomes. But that's the difference. So that's in the room. Um, but I, I think there's a little bit of an underrated uh, look at the Kansas City wide receiving core that is going to actually make the difference against the Philly defense because, well, Mahomes is going to be good on the ankle. He'll be able to plant. He'll be able to launch deep balls. It's uh, This is going to be the greatest chess match in Super Bowl history, I think. This will be the greatest greatest match of chess, greatest game ever in terms of move, counter move. Now, final question. Do we have what uh, what special play do you think will make an appearance? We don't always get a what they call a gadget play, if you will. Um, but there's obviously the Philly special. Um, there's also one. Um, uh, who was it? Who threw it to uh, Heinz Ward? The, 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 the Wildcat. Um, oh my God! Who did that? Jesus! I should know this. I, just, I, I thought just it was Ward who threw it to Holmes. 
no Pittsburgh. Heinz Ward caught caught the touchdown against uh, Seattle. Oh five. Um, God, it's driving me crazy as to who did that. Now I'm, I'm, I should know this. I'm a Steelers fan. I'm gonna think back 18 years. Oh, it was okay. Yeah, Antoine Randall L. Ah, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Because I can picture, I can hear the call. He was a quarterback in high school. In yeah, college. yeah. Yes. He was a quarterback yeah, in high school, and now he's throwing a touchdown in the Super Bowl to Heinz Ward. Al Michaels uh, on the call, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it was. And uh, <laughs> apparently, that is uh, the 25th best super or best touchdown in the Super Bowl, according to oh, this it, list. Well, it, it, no one saw it coming. Like Seattle never saw it coming. You couldn't see it coming on the, on, on the line of scrimmage. You had no idea the Wildcat was coming. And it was executed to perfection, obviously. I was going to say the Wildcat actually would be uh, my, my my pick as a, a gadget play or a little surprise ma- maneuver by either team. That that would, that would be the one I would I would have thought we might see uh, pulled out of the the old uh, OG playbook. Yeah, I'm trying to think like. Well, obviously, oh, like Kansas City can do that. Like they, Kelsey can throw. Like they've done it before. So, but well, let me ask you this: Are we more likely to see a trick offensive play or a fake punt? Fake uh, punt. I mean, yeah, yeah. Fake fake punts aren't as risky as they used to be. Oh, but do you do you risk a fake a fake punt on like a fourth and fifteen in a Super Bowl? Depend, depend. All depends on the situation. Uh, yeah. Depends on field position, and depends on if you're down or you want to. Yeah, I mean, those are those are the times to take the risk is in the Super Bowl. But it all depends on, you know, coaches go like, okay, it's third and uh, twelve, and you're on this side. Like they all just throw out those scenarios. Like, but in the moment, it's one of those gut feelings. Like. It feels right or it feels wrong. I think personally with the with the way that the coaches are, I think that they're gonna have they're gonna try something. One of them is gonna try something. Come up with a new name for it, perhaps. KC special. I'm kind of hoping for a flea flicker. Well, Are those a trick play anymore? I feel like they're not as special as they used to be. They really are. No. You probably see one like very similar, at least like one once a game if a team's really down to go deep in the end zone. Go surprise San Fran and try that in the uh, in the NFC conference game. Oh, uh, you know. Brock would have had to shot put it. It's the only way it would have gone more than five yards. No, even with McCaffrey, he could have tried that. Yeah. Uh, no. Get well soon. Let us know your prediction uh, on our social media page or send us an email, uh, sportsnightpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know who you think is going to win uh, the big game. Uh, we transition from the field to the hard court. 
and uh, we haven't talked a lot of basketball this year, but the NBA trade deadline happened today. And for the first time in a long time, a lot of the trades mean something. And a lot of teams are thinking that it's their year. So what really kicked it off was roughly four days ago when uh, Kyrie... Kyrie Drama Irving. Kyrie gets moved to the Mavericks, a team that uh, nobody thought was on, had a chance to get him. Um, him and Morris, uh, were sent to the Mavericks and the Nets got Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Finney Smith, a first round pick in 2020. This is the thing about basketball is like, uh, like people have said in our chat, they're, they're putting a first rounder who's in grade nine right now. Uh, they're potentially on the Nets because of this trade, uh, you know, you know, who's thinking about 2024, let alone 2029, the end of the decade. Uh, but uh, these picks are getting sent. Uh, picks are pretty willy nilly these days in the in the heat or in the uh, in the NBA. Uh, you know, swaps and futures and lottery protection, uh, which we're starting to see that in the NHL. But uh, the NBA has been doing it for quite a while. Um, and then kind of move up, we move up, we get closer, cash considerations get thrown around. Uh, and then today we get a splash. Uh, yeah, so in the morning. <laughs> very, very early, uh, we get the three team trade where uh, Westbrook is traded. Uh, he ends up in Utah, everyone's favorite place to play with the Mormons. Um, with Minnesota, where they get a bunch of picks, uh, and Mike Conley and Walker, and LA LeBron James gets his coveted D'Angelo Russell with uh, Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. Now, uh, I know, I don't know, I, I don't think the Lakers have a future in two years. Um, because we all know wherever little Bronny gets drafted, that's where LeBron's going to play one last year with his son. Uh, so this is, I think this is it, um, for LA. I mean, it's just been ridiculed and gutted, uh, but they weren't done there. A four-team trade comes in with Denver, the Lakers, the Clippers, and Orlando. Uh, Orlando gets Patrick Beverly, who uh, is now uh, probably one of the best memes of uh, 2023 with the camera and the referee. Uh, Clippers get Highland. LA gets Mo Bamba, a second-round pick, and Devin Reed. And Denver gets Thomas Byron. Or Bryant. Um, the Hawks did a trade with the Rockets. That doesn't really matter. Uh, but the last, the last big trade 
is uh, KD gets sent to the Nets or gets sent from the Nets to the Suns, and the Nets are thrown. I think they're thrown in the towel. They need to properly rebuild instead of trying to buy a championship, uh, which only works out <laughs> once in a while in the in basketball. Um, the Raptors also had one trade, but a lot of their fans are not so happy. Uh, they didn't get a big splashy trade. Based on their position uh, in the standings, I didn't see it as beneficial for them to make a splash. But uh, what were your guys' thoughts on the NBA trade deadline uh, and uh, kind of the state of the league right now? I thought oh, it was wild. Talk deadline. We'll give a quick basketball version of a hockey stick tap to LeBron for passing Kareem on the all-time scoring list. But I will make this clear. Agreed. LeBron is not the GOAT. And then I will fight anyone who says otherwise. There's only That's one topic goat for another day, Charles. Charles. Yeah, that could go a long time, Charles. <laughs> 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 um, well, we're going to cover that in another episode, boys. We're going to cover that, and you, you better bring some, bring some popcorn, bring some beer. That's going to be an all-nighter between us. But kudos so, for passing. Yeah, kudos, kudos for passing a twenty-year career, still a twenty-year career. Longevity, you know, injuries always crop up. He's come back from a couple of decent injuries that have limited his, his mobility at times. Um, being six foot nine. And 260 pounds. That's a lot of stress on the knees. It's a lot of stress on your lower back. So good on him for keeping his body going for 20 years. Uh, and you know, passing a record which, like, like Gretzky's goal total, we never thought would ever be, would be broken. But now we're talking. We're going to talk about that one probably next year or a year and a half from now. Um, but moving back to the trade deadline. A little shocked to see KD leave. Thought that when, thought once Kyrie was left, that maybe things would settle down and he would stay. The Nets are pretty comfortably in a playoff position. So dealing Durant kind of was a way out of left field maneuver to me. Uh, and they did also wind up flipping one of the guys they got from Phoenix, uh, Jay Crowder, over to Milwaukee for five second-round draft picks. Which, uh, which really shows uh, you that they're folding it in. Yeah, they're, 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 they'll be like, yeah, we'll make the playoffs this year with what we have if we even survive that long. But they're, and they're, they got they're... four first-rounders to begin with from the KD trade, Yeah, which is insane. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're full-on rebuild in, uh, in Brooklyn, which should have happened years ago. Um, but now, you know, you got Devin Booker, you got KD on the same team. Does that make Phoenix a team to beat out West? I mean, personally, I want to see I want to see Dallas hook up with, with with Phoenix. I don't care what round it is. See Kyrie versus KD. That'd be great. That'd be a good appointment viewing in terms of uh, he said he said versus uh, the drama that'll be stirred up because you know Kyrie can't resist stirring up drama first with his you know with, with his flat Earth. Uh, then you know we we could go on and on about all the drama he caused in the off the court in Brooklyn. So good for Brooklyn to get rid of a problem. That didn't work out for them. Good for them. They got a whole boatload of draft picks to build a team. Um, was a little disappointed in the, in my Raptors. A little disappointed that they didn't go out and make a, a move because uh, they're still in the play. They're, they're still in the play-in position. They're not out of the playoffs. 
Well, uh, they've been we... they've been out of the play in position for so as of right now. So the Raptors are in tenth, which gets them the last play in. Yes, which means they would have to beat the Bulls uh, to face the loser of the seven eight, and yeah. then if they win that, then they. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they're they're only in by a game right now. I would like to see them do a couple other moves to actually, you know, shore up the team and actually maybe improve that improve that positioning. See, I think the only opportunities they had to trade was a big, yeah, piece like Anunube, which they don't want to get rid of. No, he, he, which he's would kind to... of signal that Our they might fleet. have to rebuild, and I don't think they're ready for that yet. No, the, the, there's still only one or two small retools away from being right back in in a contending spot in the East again, especially considering how weak overall the East is, really is. Well, Boston that's, and Milwaukee are top two. After that, the East is kind of wide open. Kinda. That's the thing, yeah. So Boston's kind of starting to pull away from, well, Milwaukee's at their heels. Uh, and then the Sixers played actually Boston last night and lost. So they're five games clear. Uh, and then, yeah, you get Cleveland, a little bit of surprise. Uh, Brooklyn is at five spot right now, but they're only two games up from being in that play-in area. So it's a little bit of a hot mess. I can see the Raptors getting in, staying in that play-in position, but not advancing to the top six. Yeah. But it'd be nice to see them get to seventh, get get seventh or eighth. That way, they got two shots. Mm. And then you get the West. The Ooh. quiet Denver Nuggets uh, are in first, uh, and they have a a good five game lead on Memphis, who's second. Sacramento looking to make the playoffs for the first time in eighteen years. Sounds about right. Um. And then you get Dallas and Phoenix, who are tied right now. And they're the two teams to watch yep. going into the last stretch of the NBA uh, season. Because uh, they are they both feel like they have the means. And looking at all the teams, there's no splashy team, if you will, uh, that is looking to take the West. So you really have to – I think the West is going to be uh, – Grind it out all the way to June. And you know, look at Kyrie last night in his in his Dallas debut, solid twenty four points or twenty seven point effort, and you know had Luka Doncic cheering him on hard from the sidelines. Do we think those two will be able to play together for the rest of the year? To coexist, will Kyrie be able to coexist with Luca? That's a good question. I don't know, right? Because let's be honest, very here. like me person, me person, me person. Yeah, and but Luca is Dallas. Like Luca like is Dallas, one hundred percent. Here's the thing, though. Kyrie says he's, uh, you know, I want to be the top dog, but any time he was top dog, they they floundered with Boston. Where he never was able to do it alone. Oh, I agree. Had... I just his personality. I just don't know if oh, he can. No, I agree. Right? Maybe... That's to say, like, will he will he hold them back? 
he's either going to hold them back or he's going to go into that oh like mentality of i'm okay i have to be okay at number two because that's when i succeed my best and won him a championship and you know luca's fine being that one guy you know using his european charm uh maybe that's what he maybe he needs that different mentality of someone who grew up in europe and played the game that way will make him excel we're gonna find out uh now one fun story to come out of the nba trade deadline is uh the trades between uh portland and new orleans uh between larry nance jr and josh hart uh they got traded uh and they just kind of were like we're going to swap houses because they got traded to the other cities. They each own a house there. And so they agreed upon uh, just living in each other's houses for the rest of the year, except later that day, uh, Josh got traded to the Knicks. So a lovely story ruined by more trades. Uh, but there is a video out there of, uh, of Josh's teammate who's getting his Jersey retired at Villanova found out that his friend got traded and it's like uh, getting told that you're having McDonald's and then you're going to go to the candy store uh, to buy some candy later. That's how excited he got. Uh, So it's good to see that that camaraderie still exists in the NBA when we're in a, you know, a league of the big three or GM players unofficially um, but uh, does this trade deadline um, excite you guys uh, to keep track of basketball or maybe tune in more uh, for the rest of the year? For me, absolutely. Um, I'm still processing the trades. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I kind of want to see, see after we're done here who's gone where, who they're playing with now, and then where are those teams in relation to playoff spots? That's the thing, yeah, we're going to have to give him a couple games and, like, KD won't suit up until maybe the weekend, but probably, realistically, maybe not until Tuesday. But I am excited to see kind of how these teams gel, especially down the stretch here. Um, And, yeah, just, it's it's interesting. Teams made moves that I didn't expect. Especially Katie's listed as that he won't be back until after the All Star game at the like the first the second game back at the earliest. Is the the All Star games this no? The no, it's next after. weekend. Next yeah. weekend they they wouldn't yeah, go so, against the yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. the weekend. It's the weekend after the Super Bowl usually. So yeah, he's out. He's just he's not going to be suiting up in a Phoenix uniform for another two maybe two weeks from today. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there with KD. Uh, this might make me tune into. I, I've never watched much of the Western Conference outside of uh, old school Laker games when they had Shaq and Kobe. So I mean, yeah, wearing my O'Neal jersey today. Not a LeBron jersey, boys and girls. That's on the, it's Shaquille O'Neal, greatest one of the greatest big men ever. Uh, but yeah, that's all I ever watched for a Western Conference. Let's, I might watch a bit more of the West, uh, especially if Dallas and Phoenix can meet in in a playoff series. Oh, please. Let that happen. Basketball gods, hear me. Yeah, honestly, like so many trades happened. I had to print out a sheet of 
what trades happened because I'd be in <laughs> meetings and be like a list of people getting traded on my phone. I couldn't even keep track. Well, let but me tell you, the NBA website, the trade tracker, doesn't even list a quarter of what happened today. The KD trade is not even on the tracker. That's how much hap- That's how much stuff happened in a short amount of time. Busiest deadline I, I, I can remember in recent history. That's for sure. Yeah, busy, the busiest and the biggest names. The last few yeah, lucky to get like deadline one or two. I was just shocked with how many draft picks got traded. They're like an Oprah show. She's just handing out draft picks to everybody. Here, here you go. Here's a draft pick. Here's a draft pick. Here's a draft pick. Here you go. Here's a draft pick. Like, like I think the Nets had like in like the two trades had like ten alone. Yeah, about that. Right, like first and plus, second rounder. The Utah yeah, Jazz like, have fifteen unprotected or lightly protected first round picks until twenty twenty nine. Yeah, like the amount of picks alone was just crazy. Now, I've never really been a big basketball person myself, um, so this won't make me more interested in watching basketball. Um, But, yeah, just the amount of draft picks that were just flying around from these teams. And and that's how they work, but, like, that's crazy. Like, even um, Golden State got five second-rounders. Or, uh, what's that kid? James Wiseman. James Wiseman. Thank you. Thank you, Cole. Thank you. <laughs> uh, right? Just, it's just crazy amount of draft picks. And even creature, when you're considering the, you know, hockey, yes, the seven rounds. It used to be nine, it used to be 11, or 13, way back when. But seven rounds has been now for quite a few years. Basketball draft is nowhere near as deep as an, NA, as an NHL draft. It's two rounds. Yeah. Two rounds. He's throwing away. Draft picks are more valuable in the NBA than they are in the NHL. I that's that's Charles. That's something I've never understood. Is why why a league with only two rounds? These guys are throwing around picks for free. So you don't see that in the I, NFL. It's because I think it's because they like there's so many like there's only so many roster spots. Like each team has what twelve guys. Yeah. And yeah. there's 30 teams, so every year there's 60 new guys coming into the league. So there's always players available through free agents and stuff. And basketball, if you got one or two stars, you can supplement your roster with a lot of younger, unknown guys. Well, yeah, that's, you got the practice squad and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have the G League, you have yeah. practice squad, yeah. and the game's so international now. There, there are stars that are, you know, playing in Turkey, playing in Africa, mm-hmm. uh, Greece are the hotbeds of the international leagues that, uh, you know, players go and play and then they get noticed and they can get signed. Uh, and then, like you said, yeah, free agency is, uh, I feel, almost as big. It's, uh, it's almost like hockey, you know, the draft uh, or the trade deadline has always been a big thing in hockey. We make it an event. Uh, and then became free agency day became a big event in hockey uh, along with the draft. And now I think the NBA is kind of like, well, I don't think the NBA has been like, oh, hey, they got something going. But now they're seeing the benefits and the, you know, what the, the, the goodness of, of those days and they actually mean something instead of being like, 
oh well you know there's two good free agents out there well now all their contracts are kind of ending at the same time now you have free agent class of 2023 and people look ahead to 2025 when this free agent class will who where are they going it's like that was never a thing uh until you know five seven years ago yeah about that five six years ago Keeping with the basketball theme, um, there was a high school game in New Jersey, and uh, the same kid scores six points in five seconds for his team to win in a game. Uh, if you want to check out the clip, it's on uh, the Instagram of ESPN, but it's the... Uh, New Jersey, uh, oh, it might even be uh, JUCO. Ah, yes, it's JUCO, not high school. Still, JUCO's pretty entertaining. If uh, you haven't seen uh, Last Chance U, there's the basketball um, side of it and the football side of it. Uh, these guys are fighting for their futures. Uh, so NJCU is playing Rowan, and... Less than a minute left in the game. Actually, less than 10 seconds. Uh, kid scores six points to win the game for NJCU. Uh, so go watch it. Big mistake by Rowan, but uh, way to capitalize on it. I did not get the player's name, uh, but it's there for you on Instagram. All right. Anything you guys want to talk about? Any big talking points? Anything on your mind? Well, apparently the uh, New York Rangers and the St. Louis Blues didn't get the memo that today is the NBA trade deadline, not the NHL trade deadline. Because Vladimir Tarasenko going from the only team he's ever known in the the St. Louis Blues to playing out for the New York Rangers, that has a huge domino effect because the Rangers have been tied to Patty Kane since God knows how long. And now, obviously, they're out of the Patty Kane sweepstakes because they will not be able to afford Patty Kane under any circumstance, whether it be draft like draft pick assets, prospect assets, or just a cap hit. Number one, number one, two, and three. I'm going um, on long term IR if that happens. I think several people are going <laughs> on TIR if that happens. Uh, but but they 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 get their extra top six winger. Um, I like obviously you have to like the move for the Rangers because they showed last year. They were for real. They, that this team can win. You know, those guys have come of age. Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider. Uh, they, they, they're coming. These guys have all come of age and they're fully matured men. They have a franchise goalie in Shosturkin. I don't like this move for one reason. You're continuing to bury Alexi Lafaniere. The Rangers, yes, they won the rights to the first overall pick a couple years back. They blew it. They should have traded that pick to a team that needed it, that gave them a good offer, and taken the assets and run. Because Lafonniere will forever be known as a first-round bust because, oh, he was a first-round draft pick that didn't live up to it. Kind of hard to live up when you're being constantly played in the third and fourth lines. So I don't like the, I don't, I don't like the trade from that aspect of things. Do you um, think that uh, opens up uh, a move to Montreal in the future for him? Well, okay, would I be lying if I said no? 
I don't want Lafreniere. Lafreniere. No, obviously, I would love to have a Lindsey Lafreniere. Um, obviously, not as a first line player, but like as a role player, he could fill that void. Lafreniere would be a great second line player for, for us. He'd be fantastic on the second line. Jeez, with him and Slavkowski together, my God. Um, I don't know if that opens up a move to Montreal specifically. But I could definitely see him telling the Rangers to F off. He ain't signing no contract, second contract with them. He's going to go test you out. Even, even if he's RFA, he's, he's, he's not going to sign a qualifying offer or anything from them that he will, he will, he wants to leave. So I wouldn't be shocked at all to somehow see even this trade deadline to see left on your move. Wouldn't shock me at all. The Rangers pull off and maybe another big deal or something. They, they, they pick up another player. Don't uh, don't be surprised to see him move either at this deadline or at the, at the summer. I'd see him more likely moving at a draft day. Through that, get get him for the playoff or just a depth piece for the playoffs, um, and then move that to draft. That's yeah, very probable. Do I can see that. To, Sorry. to further to further the Montreal question with Lafreniere, um, if he comes to us and is unable to kind of latch on to one of those top six roles quickly enough, he's going to be in the same position he was in New York. Um, we've got a lot of young forward prospects and two first round picks. Yeah. Where's he going to fit is the question. Would I love to have him? Absolutely. He accelerates the rebuild a little bit, but ultimately if his development can't hit an upward curve, he's going to end up in the same position that he is in New York, and then he'll want out of Montreal as well. That's the thing, too. Like, look at all of what New York has right now and look how they've rolled with them, and they are developing and continuing the, the same core. Like, it's hard for Lafreniere to be able to move up past that kind of third, fourth line. And those guys are still, like, really key guys when you go in depth in the long term in the season and it comes to playoffs. So it's not like he's getting like not really utilized. Yeah, if he were to go to another team, he could break that six man kind of position in first or second line. But he's still young, and he still has lots of time to kind of readapt his uh, kind of slow start. Would you say for some people? I mean, he could he he could save himself. He could adapt, but. The Rangers, as you alluded to, the Rangers are set in their top six now. For the we got Vincent Trocheck, they've got Zabanajad, Kreider, go on and on. They're 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 set in their top six for the next four or five years, really in reality. So, where does Lafreniere fit in that puzzle? He doesn't. And uh, really, actually, um, now obviously the team I'm going to mention that could really benefit from him needs a, a new coach who could probably talk to him better. Justin may shoot me for this, but I think he would be better served going not to the Montreal Canadiens, to the Ottawa Senators. Sure, I'll take him. <laughs> he's a, he's what the Senators actually need, almost more so than the Canadians. Uh, yeah, I was kind of thinking that, but yeah, sure. He, he'd be a great... <laughs> but the point, the, 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 the asterisk to my point for him going to Ottawa... Get the fuck rid of DJ Smith. 
There's no way he's going to develop that he'll help Lafreniere properly. Doesn't stand a like, no way. He's he's not the coach for you guys. I don't know. Things are starting to turn around. Hey, I'm happy with DJ. But but here, here's the problem. And it, it has plagued Ottawa pretty much since the year DJ took over. And you can say COVID happened and injuries and this and that, but routinely they're not ready to start on time. When that puck drops for the first period, the Senators for the last four years routinely have not been ready to go. I feel like that's happened since 1992, but you know. <laughs> no, but I, no. <laughs> you joke, but actually I'll disagree because there was a, that, that six, seven year window from about 2000 to 2007 that Ottawa was usually coming out of the gates gunning at you. You had to survive the first period to have a chance of winning the game against them for about seven years. That is very true, but like, who's out there that we could get? Now, I'll I'll throw a couple of names. Are they interested in coming to Ottawa? We don't know. Will Ottawa, Um, even if they were, will Ottawa pay them enough to make it worth their while? You might uh, you might get a chance to meet Ryan Reynolds. I mean, who doesn't want to coach a team? <laughs> the best thing you could get to instill a work ethic, to really identify who your leaders in your room are, and to give them to empower them, and to get them going. Barry Trotz. Mm. He would do wonders for your team. In Didn't Ottawa. he say he would only coach? X team and Y team. Things can change. Money change. Money talks, man. No, but it's not money. He has, he's had, uh, there's health issues in the family. That's why he's semi-retired right now. Yeah. But who knows if, if stuff gets sorted out, maybe, you know, he decides, no, I, I, I need to get maybe a little further away. I just, I need to put some distance there. You at least have to put on a few RCDs interested. Number one. True. That's well, that's because that's why he didn't go to Winnipeg, right? Because he that was pretty much a done deal, and then he decided against it. And well, it, it was a done deal in the minds of the media and the minds of everybody else because he was a hometown kid, and it would be great. And Paul Maurice had just stepped down. They never really had a conversation with him about coming. So, like, there was there was kind of a whole step that was missed. So the media had all minds made up, saying, "Oh, very trusted to go to Winnipeg." He never said he had any interest in Winnipeg. So, like I said, you still have to put the feeler out there saying, you know, would you be interested? That's why I say Barry Trotz would do wonders for your team. If, um, uh, uh, just mind blanked, uh, Joe Quinville, if the, if the NHL ever cleared him to return, he would be a good addition for you guys. Well, I mean, he yeah, he'd be a great addition anywhere. <laughs> anyway, I was that's, that's the thing. I don't know who's who's out there. Well, right now, there's you know, obviously, you have to wait to the end of the season to see who really is going to be available for interviews. Blah blah blah. But I was picking those two guys because they're technically UFAs right now. True. It, yeah. I, I'm the one guy that got away, and uh, like the timing didn't work out, and then more opportunities. But if we could get. I think Luke Richardson back. He's he's the one coach, you know, he's he's such a history. I uh, he played for Ottawa, what happened in Ottawa, the community, yeah. just he he's forever loved in Ottawa. 
if he never comes back, he's still forever loved and there's always a connection. Um, but he, I know he was coaching with the, the minor, uh, with the farm team and all that. And I thought he might be the coach of the future and just it missed him by a year or two with the timing and just, uh, he's the one that I think got away and I think would have benefited greatly. 100% agree with you. 100% agree. He had, he had the same launch in Ottawa that Martin St. Louis has in Montreal. Yeah. And that's, uh, if you guys ever are looking for a charity to uh, to donate to, the DIFD, the Do It For Darren Fund, uh, is a great cause, uh, supports mental health in youth. Um, you know, there's a whole uh, DIFD day in Ottawa where you're encouraged to donate and wear purple. And um, it's, you know, a charity that's near and dear to uh, everyone's hearts who uh, has been to Ottawa, lived in Ottawa, or just kind of knows the story of what happened. Um, so uh, actually that they usually have a whole game surrounding that, that usually happens in February. Um, so if uh, you're ever looking to donate, uh, look into uh, the DIFD fund and uh, support a great cause. I encourage everybody to watch. There's a video out there that explains kind of the whole story about it. I every I do encourage everybody to kind of take a look at it. Brings a lot of light to mental health and the realistic side to it, and sports. Well, we are Kenzie has stepped away again, being an adult. Um, but uh, Kenzie had a very unique opportunity. Uh, to attend uh, an international sporting event, not the Olympics, uh, but something called the Arctic Games. Uh, now, if you're not familiar with the Arctic Games, it happens once every two years. And it is uh, very much centric. Uh, there are traditional sports, but then there are a lot of what we call here in Canada Inuit sports. Uh, I'm not sure what they call them in places like Scandinavia, um, a country that shall not be named, uh, Alaska. But uh, traditional Inuit games as well get competed. Uh, sports like uh, the one-handed kick, the knuckle, uh, knuckle drag, or not knuckle drag, knuckle sprint, if you will, um, ear pulling, uh, traditional games uh, that are not really seen on sports um and uh Kenzie what are some of the unique sports that happens at the Arctic Games uh, I know we call them Inuit games here in Canada uh they get called different uh around the world uh but what are some of the traditional uh sports if you will that uh the world's probably would not know about um well at the Arctic Winter Games it is a lot of the um like I guess you would call it the modern sports. So you have your basketball, you have your volleyball, you have your ice hockey, um, there's badminton. There's a form of indoor soccer, which is called futsal, which is getting very, very popular worldwide. Um, Cross-country skiing, biathlon, snowshoe races. Um, and then you get into the traditional sports, which are the Arctic sports. 
So those would be things like your one foot high kick, um, where you have to go up and kick a seal ball. It's made out of seal fur. You have to kick a ball, jumping off of one foot, kick the ball with the foot, your other foot, land on the foot that you kicked with. Um, can you make a YouTube one... video and demonstrate these for us? I would love to see <laughs> I this. Will please, Kenzie, please. I will send you guys some videos from um, YouTube. And actually, there's one from CBC that's quite impressive. So there's the one-foot high kick. There's also a two-foot high kick, which entails jumping off of two feet, kicking a seal ball with both feet, and landing on both feet. Quite wild to watch. Um, and with these kicks... Sorry, with these high kicks, Charles, how tall are you? 6'5". So my personal best for the one foot high kick is six, two. Jesus. Okay. I'll wear a helmet around you. Um, <laughs> now I am not of Inuit descent, nor do I have a whole lot of practice with this one foot high kick. I know athletes that are kicking nine feet. Damn. Good Lord. Basically wow. you're kicking the bottom of the basketball net. Yeah. Yeah, it's impressive. Um, Two-foot high kick, they're not going as high because you have to jump off of both feet and land on both feet and not fall over. They're kicking about eight feet still. Um, That's wild. That's absolutely yeah, wild. The one, one event that I find to be probably the most wild of all the various Arctic sports would be one called the knuckle hop. Picture yourself in a push-up position, but you're on your knuckles. Then, not only are you doing a push-up, you are hopping on your knuckles across the floor. Okay, no thanks. Owies. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Try to just do a push-up on your knuckles, but then hop a little bit. It hurts. <laughs> um, there is a guy, he's actually a friend of mine from he's from fort simpson which is a small little community down in the southern end of the territory he is the current world record holder for knuckle hop and i believe he's done 208 feet 208 feet on his knuckles did he have any knuckles left yeah uh, no. Now here's the thing. visualize that. That's two thirds of a football field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Just to, to visualize that. Yeah. Oh, I'll send you guys a video of what he did at the most recent games. He went 187 feet. He won gold, right? Yeah, he was four yeah. feet off the games record, which was 191 feet. I, I, I'll send you guys the clip. It's wild. One second. Uh, I'm picturing a lot of bloody knuckles at the end of this practice doing this. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. So this guy, the way that he trained, he started years ago wanting to break this record. He started by doing a thousand push-ups a day. Just so oh. the shoulders were able to hold, like withstand that much. Then he started punching a piece of wood, just piece of wood to condition his knuckles. Then he started hopping around the gym. 
Um, the guy, when you meet him, he's like, he's probably about my size, five foot eight. He weighs about 180 pounds and he is solid muscle. Like, I'm pretty sure the guy can flex his knuckles. So (laughs) (laughs) quite wild. Um, the other thing that we have, they're called the Dene games. So the Dene games are done more in the Southern part of the territory, more of the Dene, the Cree people in the territory play those games. Um, and those are a lot of just kind of team games and cooperative games. Um, probably my favorite event for the Dene games would be the snow snake picture javelin in reverse. So instead of throwing a javelin overhand, you're throwing a javelin, which is made out of wood, underhand along a snow track. It's kind of fun. It's kind of like you're bowling with a javelin. That was dangerous. I'll send you guys videos. I love it. Yes, we will post as many videos as possible. Oh, uh, I'll send you guys a bunch of different ones. So they uh, also do one. And I find this one kind of fun. I've participated in it before, just screwing around with some friends and stuff. It's called the pole push. So they chop down a tree. They take all the branches off and you have a giant log. And then you get on the log and it's just like tug of war, except you're trying to push them instead of pull them. That sounds awesome. That is, that is that. quite fun. I have watched it. I have participated in it. I've shredded a jacket playing pole push because they didn't take the bark off of one of the trees. Um, yeah, but I'll send I'll send some clips and hopefully they'll get posted to our social media. Justin? Yes, they will. They definitely, <laughs> the people need to know. Just like our yeah. Heritage Minute, the people need to know what is happening because um, uh, you can try and picture the description. Oh, yeah. But it really, see it. it fills the image like Bob Ross, if you see the image with the description. Yeah. Um, Probably the coolest part of these games. I've now I've done Western Canada Summer Games in 2019. I've also done the Canada Summer Games this past summer in Niagara. This was different. Um, this was an international games. We had athletes from Greenland. We had athletes from Alaska. We had athletes from the Scandinavian countries getting to meet those people and hearing about how they do sports or don't do sports in their country was fascinating for me. So if you think of team sports, Greenland's not really good at the team sports, but they swept the badminton podium to play badminton. You need a racket, a pair of shoes, a net and a buddy. When your town is 40 people, you can do that. So they get really, really good at the individual sports. Um, What else? The atmosphere after, I guess, post-COVID having the first Arctic Winter Games back since 2017, 2018. Yeah, 2018. Um, It was just, it, the energy there was amazing. I've never attended anything this big. Canada Games is big in the sense of it's a big deal. You're only a couple of steps away from the Olympics, but it's not as well attended as an Arctic Winter Games. There were 2,100 athletes, period. That's not including coaching staff, mission staff, volunteers. 
it's a huge event. Um, anybody that's able to take it in at any point, you got to go and see it. It's just the coolest thing. Sounds like an amazing event. I, I wish they would bring it uh, a, little, a little more southwards, a little easier to uh, travel to. Yeah, um, this year too, I'm, I was quite impressed with the streaming coverage. CBC seemed to pick it up quite a bit. They had a YouTube channel that was going, um, and the game site itself had streams at almost every venue, which was impressive because I'm like, who's going to want to watch badminton? No, we had all six courts. So, yes, if you were if you're lucky enough and you got the alerts, similar. I was able to catch some of the action. I, I mean, I totally was working, but when an alert would come up, I would uh, definitely have it just on the background. I couldn't miss the opportunity when those alerts came up. And that's awesome, Kenzie. Congratulations for being able to be a part of that. Yeah, and I mean, as as tired as I was, kind of going, coming back from it for sure. As tired as I was, I'd do that again tomorrow. So, if uh, people want to know more uh, about uh, these Arctic Games, um, where would you direct them to? Would it be videos? Uh, would there be like explain explainer websites on? the difference between the, if you will, traditional games and modern games. Uh, of course, living outside of Canada, don't really have access to CBC. Um, uh, where do you recommend them um, looking into it? Uh, YouTube would probably be your best bet. Um, you can go into YouTube, I think. It's been a few years since I've seen these, but I think there are actual, especially for the traditional sports, that I've talked about, there are explanation videos of every event on YouTube. Um, like I said, I'll try to find them for for the listeners and we'll just throw up as many as we can. I believe there's a channel of a few people actually just demonstrating every kind of traditional game. So if I can find that, we can link that in definitely on our social media and then you guys can check out what we do up here. And how insane some people are. Yes, once we have those, uh, we'll put it in the show notes and definitely check out our social media page for um, for all of that. Um, yeah, any any Sorry, last I'm just words? Watching the knuckle hop right now, that's wild. Like what that guy is doing, that's wild. I'm just gonna start calling Kenzie HBK because if he can. If he does the one-legged standing kick, six foot two, that is some sweet chin music coming my way. So, Kenzie, you are being renamed HBK as of this moment. <laughs> All right, but that was when I was 16. So, <laughs> yeah, I, could, I could probably <laughs> kick about four <laughs> foot two right now. <laughs> Kenzie, you only what, 19, 20? You're fine. Uh, 33. <laughs> like I said, 19, 20. No problem. <laughs> yeah, maybe not so much. <laughs> all right well thank you for that uh insight uh you seem to be our, our expert in uh almost not quite olympics yet but uh, everything before the olympics uh so always look forward to that 
Um, did we miss anything this week? season we'll be previewing uh baseball world baseball classic national baseball is always exciting because we like it when the u.s loses um, <laughs> uh, nhl trade deadline is coming up uh, so much is uh going to get rolling because we're pretty much at the middle of february and uh once those catchers and pitchers reports and uh, the World Baseball Classic is going, it's essentially spring. We don't need a groundhog to tell us that. Yeah, it's actually the 15th and 16th. Pitchers and catchers start reporting. A few days after the Super Bowl. Yep. So uh, that's going to be it for this episode of the Sports Night Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, like we've been saying, check our show notes or our social media pages for all things to learn about a new sport, like uh, those traditional games at the Arctic uh, Games. Uh, let us know who you think is going to win the Super Bowl. And most importantly, let us know what you're going to eat. It's all about uh, the food. Uh, we'll definitely have to talk about the halftime show next episode. A uh, little excited for Rihanna. So, uh Thank you so much for joining us this episode. Uh, find us on our social media pages. Let us know what you want to hear next. Uh, do you want to hear about the world record holder uh, in the knuckle hop? Does that sound inch? I think that sounds like a fantastic guess. So uh, let us know what you think. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, stay safe. Save room for all the food this weekend. And sport on. <laughs>